Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Because there's a hunger and a thirst. I am desperate. Immerse me. I'm not waiting. Not anymore. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. I'm teaching facetto at the end of the service. John chapter 4. Um, this passage of scripture is one I think that resonates with this verse. Uh, or with this uh, first verse of the song of hunger. And, and, and essentially here's what's taking place uh, just to bring you in context uh, or up to date to, to where we're going to begin reading. Is Jesus encounters a woman in Samaria. Okay. And. And he encounters this woman in, in, in Samaria. He didn't have to go to Samaria, but the Bible says, if you read it in the beginning of chapter 4, it says Jesus had to go to Samaria. But if you understand the context of that verse, you know that he did not have to go to Samaria, but he had to go to Samaria because there was this one woman. And I love that because we could begin preaching right here, and Jesus will leave everything that he needs to do for the one person that needs his love and his, uh, 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 his grace, right? And, and, and he goes to and he meets her, he encounters her, he... He reads her mail a little bit, right? He says, he says, he says uh, how many husbands do you have? And she says, I have none. And he goes, he goes well, that, that's, that's actually accurate because you've had five husbands and the one that you currently have is not your husband. And she goes, well, you, you must be a prophet. ¿Quién te lo dijo? And I love it because many times we look at that passage and we think that Jesus is exposing her. But what he actually is doing is allowing her to encounter his love. Because love has to be honest. Love has to be transparent. And he's letting her know, listen, I want you to partake of this love. But as long as you keep feeding me a facade, you'll never be able to embrace the love I have for you. But if you come and you just can be just who you are in my presence, you'll be able to embrace this love. I know who you are and I still love you. Now all this time... Jesus is hungry because at this point is, is around lunchtime. And, and the disciples, in fact, they, they, they go and get some lunch. But Jesus hasn't eaten anything. He's thirsty. He asks this woman to drink. She doesn't give him anything to drink. And, and here's where we find this verse. It says, just then the disciples came back. Picking up at verse 27. It says, they were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask them. You ever have friends like that? They come up. Like you know they judging you on the inside. But they won't dare you tell you that on the outside. It says the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, I love this because Jesus is fulfilling his purpose. Jesus is walking in the anointing that has been destined for his life. But in the meanwhile, 
the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, and I love this verse. It says, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Oh, my God. I have a kind of food you know nothing about. And, and I love the disciples because you could see that the Bible is accurate because it doesn't paint the disciples in the, in the best of light. It says, and the disciples, uh, did someone bring him food while we were gone? They're clueless. Then Jesus explained, and, and here's really what I want us to get to today. It says, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. I want to jump back to the Old Testament real quick. Psalms chapter 145, verse 16. And it's simply put, it says, you constantly, someone say constantly. You constantly satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. You constantly satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. Why don't you help me pray so I could preach this four-hour message in 37 minutes and 48 seconds. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you because you are here, God, and you are here ready to satisfy our, the longing of our soul, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, um, for what you're doing in this house, for what you're doing in the lives of our church. And I pray, Lord, that this word may be a word that goes beyond information that we're hearing and internalizing, but that this may go deep into the depths of our soul for heart transformation, oh God. We love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says... Amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise in this room. Come on, you could do better than that. Make some noise in this house. Um, 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 I, I want to ask this question. Anybody in this room love food? Like, I love, I, I don't know, like, I love food. Like, I, I think that I don't, I don't, I've never met the person who, who does not love food. Food, like I've never met that person. You know that thing, food? Yeah, I just don't like it. Like I never met that person. Like, and, but, but it's because food, let's be honest. When you think about some of the most enjoyable things in life, there's probably nothing greater than food. Like food is so awesome that each and every one of us in this room have something called our favorite food. But that's not enough. You don't got your favorite food. You know what else you got? You have your favorite breakfast. Oh, you want to take a You have your favorite lunch, and you have your favorite kind of dinner. Want to take it to be your favorite? Food is so good that each and every one of us got our favorite restaurant. Food is so good that everybody, every single one of us has our favorite spot. You know your go-to spot? You know that spot that you called at 11.59 p.m. at night? And you know without a shadow of a doubt, they will be open, ready to serve you. Come on, somebody. Everybody got their spot, right? Food is awesome. I mean, food is amazing. Like, I thought about this the other day, how awesome food is. I thought about this the other day because I've never seen this in any other area of life. I said, food is so awesome that they've created food to taste like other food. 
You mean I can have a potato that tastes like bacon? Come on, somebody. Somebody got to give God praise for that. Wait, I, got, I can have some avocado-flavored potato chips? Like, that's how awesome food is. I think that all of us in here, I, like, I love food, but let's be honest. Some of us love food more than others. And I know the evidence, don't make eye contact, this is true. And I know the evidence might show that in the relationship in my home that I am the one that loves food more than the other. But let it be known as a witness on the stand that Lisa Remedios has an unhealthy relationship with food. And I'm here to stand in the gap for her. Like, 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 like uh, her, her relationship with food is, is one like, 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 like it's food. Let's put it this way. Like, I, I didn't need counseling for the first three years of my marriage. I just needed more food. Because it was just like, you know, like, you know, Ro, I'm just really disappointed in you. And I really think that, you know, what you should have done better and everything. And I would have been, oof, burger. You know what? Everything's going to be all right, okay? Like, I think that we're, we're going to be okay here today. And, 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 oh, she's angry? You know what? I'm tired of this stuff right here. Whew, burger. You know what? Everything's going to be okay. We're going to be all right. Everything's good. God is good. God is good all the time. As a matter of fact, we went to a banquet. We went to a banquet on Monday. The whole ferry ride, my wife did not talk to me. She did not talk to me. And she went to the banquet. We went. We sat down. We registered. We filled out uh, uh, information. She did not say not one word to me. And then they served the food. And after she served the food, she's like, oh, my God, baby, this is awesome over here. Like, God is moving. I'm like, hi, my name is Ro. How can I help you? I kid you not. Like, Wednesday prayer. Wednesday prayer. After Wednesday prayer. We, we leave Wednesday prayer. Everybody's going out to eat. And Lisa's like, yeah, we're going to go out to eat. And I'm like, baby, we didn't budget that into our account at this moment, so we cannot go out to eat. She goes, no, don't worry. I'm going to pick on everybody else's plate. I said, honey, you cannot go and pick on everyone's plate. I thought this was just like something she was thinking about. I said, baby, you cannot go and pick on everybody's plate. And she goes, no, it's okay. They're okay with it. I say, you have premeditated this thing? You have arranged this thing already? Like, everyone's going to be okay. Toma, Lisa. Toma, Lisa. Toma, Lisa. Like, food is so good, right? Food is so good. And so I know what makes my wife happy. And so every year on our anniversary, you know what? There is no Six Flags. There is no Great Adventure. There is no Disney. Let's just take her to a nice restaurant where she can eat some food. <laughs> and so, for our fourth year anniversary, we went out to eat. And I want to share this story with you because um, in our fourth year anniversary, we went to a restaurant which we will remain nameless at the moment. And, uh, and I remember this restaurant because it was so fancy on the outside. And we entered the restaurant and they treated us pretty well. And, and we ate and, and we ordered our food. And let me tell you, it looked so good. Like they served us a huge salad. They, they served us these huge macaroni balls. And I was just like, man, this is awesome. This looks amazing. Like the portions were enormous. They, I, I used to eat good at that time before I used to just eat grass. And then... 
And then I don't even know what I eat anymore. Lisa's like, what do I cook for you? I said, I don't know. Ask the Lord. He'll help us. And I was just like, and, and, and they, they served these huge, enormous pork chops. And, and she had uh, ribs. And, and, and then we had this huge, like the dessert was enormous. Like, honestly, we couldn't even finish the food on our plate. And, and, and when we walked out of there, let me tell you, we were stuffed. Like, I'm going to tell you, when we, I tell you we were stuffed. Like, like, if I was wearing a button-down shirt, it would have been a hazard for the people around. Because one of those buttons would have been like, I'm out in 3.2 seconds. Like, it was, like, we were stuffed, and, and, and we left, we drove home, we got home, and I remember we just plopped on the couch, and, and I said, I said, I said, baby, how was it? And she goes, huh? And I said, and, and when you've been married that long, you know what eh means? And I was like, yeah, I feel the same way too. She goes, yeah, yeah, like, she goes, but man, I am stuffed. Like, I, I said, I know, like, I feel so, like, I feel like I literally put 23.5 pounds in my stomach right now. Like, every nook and cranny of my stomach said, con Dios ahí, a little, like, not, like, a rice standing up did not fit in my stomach. That's how stuffed I felt. But when we sat on our sofa and we looked at each other, we were like, yeah, it was I. And then the thought hit me, and I said to myself, isn't it interesting that we can spend an entire evening filling ourselves, yet still be unsatisfied? I said, I said isn't it interesting that we can fill ourselves with the things that look big, bigger and better and pleasant and, and fill ourselves until we can't no more, yet still arrive at a point in our life where we're just unsatisfied and, and unfulfilled and, and still longing and, and still feeling void and, and still feeling empty and, and still feeling like, man, I've filled myself till I can't no more, but I'm still not happy. I, I, I've spent so much, and I see that with society because so much in our life and so much in society, let's be honest, could it be that we live in a world that is telling us, fill yourself up until you can't no more, but at the end of that journey, we're still unsatisfied, we're still unfulfilled, we think the bigger and better and better was, was what, what we should have, but it still has left us with, it, with a void. Can it be that we have been going to the wrong source to feed our hunger, to quench our thirst, to satisfy the longing of our soul in the wrong place? That's why the, the words to this song really resonate so powerfully with me. And it says, this world can never satisfy the longing in my soul. When all is lost and hope is dry, when, when all I feel is cold, I'm coming back to your presence. And, and I love this verse because in the writings of this verse, what you, what you can imagine, what you can begin to understand is that this world can never satisfy the longing in my, in my soul, but I'm coming back to your presence. Like, 
there's this idea that there's this longing in my soul, there's this yearning, there's this desire in my soul, not in my, 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 my body, but in my soul, in the depths of who I am, in the DNA of my, my spiritual composition. Like there is something there that, that has a longing and a yearning and a desire, but, but I've gone and, and I searched it in position and I've searched it in relationship and I've searched and searched and searched and still have felt empty and I felt like I've come short so so I gotta I, I gotta come back to to God's presence I gotta come back here's why I gotta come back to God's presence because position will not satisfy me aspirations will not satisfy me and relationships will not satisfy me but Jesus I want to just let the rabbit out the hat right now Jesus satisfied like Jesus satisfies in such a way like he he not only satisfies, he doesn't make the declaration, but he guarantees satisfaction and fulfillment. If you go through the pages of scripture, you will find in, in John chapter 6 verse 35, it says, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Psalms 107 verse 9, it says, for he satisfy the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. I don't know about you, but I want to be filled with some good things. Psalms chapter 16 verse 11, it says, you will show me the path of life, here it goes, in your presence there is fullness of joy. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And here's my favorite, John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose is to give them, here it goes, a rich and satisfying life. Come on, if Jesus is your satisfaction in this house, give him a shout of praise in this room. Open up your mouth. Give him some adoration because Jesus satisfied. Now, now here's the question, like, because I think it's so easy that we're amongst each other and know that Jesus satisfied, but in our very ordinary day-to-day -day life, do we believe that Jesus is the satisfaction of our soul? Like, do we believe that Jesus satisfied? Many times, it's not that we believe if Jesus could or Jesus would, sometimes it's that we have filled ourselves up to the brim with other stuff that we just want to plop on our sofa and not even look for any more satisfaction and fulfillment. Like, are you filled? Yeah. Are you satisfied? Nah. And it's not that we cannot find satisfaction and fulfillment in Jesus. It's that we do not go to Jesus for satisfaction and fulfillment. And here's why. Because we don't think that Jesus is genuinely interested in our satisfaction and fulfillment. Let's be honest. Like when we think about the word satisfaction, it kind of sounds like it, it sounds provocative. Satisfaction. Satisfaction. Jesus. Like no, Jesus is about my discipline about my satisfaction and we have this internal dialogue with ourselves and no Jesus is about our devotion and but he's not about our satisfaction and, and it's interesting because if we don't believe that Jesus 
Jesus' purpose is to satisfy, then we will continuously go to other things for satisfaction and fulfillment. But Jesus, uh, if you look at the life of Jesus, one of the things I admire so much about Jesus is that he walked a full life. Like, have you ever noticed Jesus yearning for something and desiring and fiending for something or being thirsty for something? No, like you look at Jesus' life and Jesus seems to be walking full. He seems to be walking complete. He seems to be walking whole. He seems to be walking like, like he doesn't need anything or he doesn't seem to be walking with a want and a desire. He seems to be walking so full that he has enough to pour out on other people. Jesus walks full. And in the passage of scripture, I love it because we could kind of hone in and we can see how Jesus responds to the offers of this world. And as long as we continue to eat whatever offers are made to us, we'll be filled up to kazoo, but still be unsatisfied and unfulfilled and never look back to Jesus, who is our true satisfaction and fulfillment. And so in this passage of scripture, it says, just then the disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask. What do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Now watch this. So Jesus is fulfilling his purpose. Jesus is, is doing what he's supposed to be doing. But meanwhile, meanwhile, someone shout meanwhile. The disciples were urging him, Rabbi Eat something. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, I think you need to eat something. So Jesus is doing what he came to do. Jesus is doing what he's anointed to do. And Jesus is doing what God has called him to do here on earth. But in the meanwhile, while you're doing what God called you to do, while you're walking in your calling, while you're walking in your purpose, I want to let you right now, life will always have a way to tell you, hey, excuse me, sir, excuse me, ma'am, I need you to eat something. See, the question isn't are we eating the question is what it is that we are filling our life with. Because you're always, like if, if you turn on the TV, that's eating something. You turn on your phone, that's eating something. You put on your iPod, that's eating something. You are always internalizing something. And here's what I want to give you. When you live a fulfilled life, you choose purpose over pleasure. <sighs> Look how Jesus responds. He says, meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, listen, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. I ain't going to trade this over that. Why? Because Jesus was full. Jesus was complete. Jesus wasn't yearning. Jesus wasn't seeking. Jesus wasn't like, oh, let me get something. Let me get something. And what happens is when we begin to walk outside of our purpose, we begin to take in the temptations that come our way. I, I wrote this in my notes, and, and, and I, I want to read it to you. When our life, put this down in your notes because if, if you take notes, you have, you have easy pass access in heaven. So please put this. When our life is filled with God's purpose, the temptations of this life become easier to overcome. Conversely, when we are unfulfilled and living lives without purpose, then the temptations become more difficult to conquer. Oh, that was a good time to say amen right there. See, the question isn't if we're being fed. 
The question is, what is it that we are feeding ourselves? Because depending on what you are feeding yourself and the, the, depending on what we are feeding ourselves will determine how we respond in the face of temptation. See, like when we fall in temptation, it's not because we have a lack of discipline. It's because we have a lack of satisfaction. See, what determines the way you respond to temptation is not because you don't have the willpower and the strength. It's because you're walking unsatisfied. Because when you walk like Jesus walked, full and complete and satisfied, it doesn't matter what the world has to offer. You're never going to trade a wife for a booty call. You're never going to trade integrity. Come on. You're never, like, I'm walking in integrity. You're never going to trade off integrity for dishonest gain. You're never going to trade a life of love for a moment of lust. Why? Because I am walking satisfied. I am walking fulfilled. I'm walking in my purpose. And I'm not going to give up my purpose for some temporary pleasure. If you believe that in this house, come on. Give God a shout of praise. I'm says the world will continuously serve you a meal and a dish to try to gain your appetite here eat something you're going to church too too much why don't you take a break and eat something oh you signed up for matrix and they charge 125 dollars let me bring you somewhere so you could eat something Oh, you, you serving now? Oh, you did growth track? Listen, man, like I get it. We all need a relationship with God. But you're doing way too much, man. Like just relax. Eat something. And if we're not careful, we will allow these micro distractions in our life to, to, to begin to change the palate of our spiritual walk. And we'll begin to gain an appetite. For the things that don't satisfy. Oh, eat something. And I, I want to, I broke it down this way. Like the first thing that the world will, will try to feed you like is, is um, you, you haven't been told like, can I, can I feed you some recognition? Hey, Marlon, eat something. Frank, eat something. And you're like, oh, that? Like, I love, like, I'm good at fighting temptation. Like, I'm good when someone gives me a cake. Like, I'm good because I could say no. But one time, someone went like this, no, this is your cake. And I says, mine? <laughs> like, that changed my life. Like, when they offered it to me, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. But they were like, no, this is your cake. Oh. Hi, cake. You're mine. And me and that cake became one. Come on, somebody. <laughs> recognition, right? Recognition. You ever had some recognition popcorn? <laughs> Baby, is it on my beer? I'm good? All right. You ever had some recognition? Like recognition will tell you, hey, 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 listen, man, all you need to do is get to that next position and you'll be satisfied. All you need to do is get all those likes on your feed. Then you'll be satisfied. 
man, if you would just get some followers on your Instagram and, yo, you'll be satisfied. Oh, you know what you need to do? You need to shed a couple of more pounds and let people recognize you and, and you'll be satisfied. And, and you begin to develop an appetite for recognition. Bro, bro. That's amazing. I could eat recognition all day. And what happens is that we begin to fill our life with recognition. Here's another one. We think that we find satisfaction in religion. And many of us are like, religion? No, we don't, we, I will never find satisfaction in religion. No, we all have our inner moral compass. And you ever had religion like chicks? Oh, religion, yeah. Religion will tell you, hey, if you strive more, because what's religion? Religion is man's attempt to make it to God. But that's why our relationship with Christ is totally different. Because God doesn't say, come to me. He says, I brought the kingdom to you. The kingdom is here. Can I be honest? This was my satisfaction. I, I remember, I remember 2013. Hold on a second. I remember 2013. A prophet came to the house and she said, The Lord has called you to do a 40 day fast. And I said, My Lord. I started talking, old thing, Why have thou chosen me? For you have not called anybody to fast 40 days, but you have called Ieth to doeth this. And, and I, I remember that I just thought that, wow, man, I must have reached some spiritual peak. That a prophet is coming calling me to do a 40-day fast. And I said, Lord, thank you for the honor because after this 40-day fast, I'm going to be able to look at people and know what they did last night. Eh, 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 I know, I know. Why? Because I, I was going to be the most holiest man. Little did I know that it is in those 40 days, day and night, of not eating any food that the Lord, the Lord would allow me to encounter his grace. That it was in those 40 days that I encountered. That's why when people are like, you preach this message of grace, and I'm like, I have, this was not taught to me. This was a download from the Holy Spirit showing me over and over his love. Even in my self-righteousness, he reminded me that my self-righteousness and all my righteousness are like filthy rags before him. That the only righteousness that counts is the one that has been given to us. <laughs> Woo! I like, so I feel and I, 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 I stuffed myself with religion. I stuffed myself. And so... What about this one? You ever had, you ever had rich cheese doodles? They're amazing. Oh, if you only, if you only get that extra zero in your bank account, you'll, you'll be satisfied. You'll be fulfilled. 
you'll, 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 you'll finally get to where you need, like you'll finally be happy once you have that, that extra zero. And here's the problem, because we think that it'll be temptations that are blatantly about riches. But what it'll be is that in your heart, you've had this longing to to have an extra zero in your bank account and to have to, to see this, this financial goal be manifested and reached. And, and so what you'll do is that you'll begin to walk out of your purpose and walk into your pleasure and your preferences because you have this longing, not for God, you have this longing to be rich and this longing for this extra zero and this longing for more money and this longing for, for recognition and this longing for religion. So what? So you'll have these tailor-made temptations, micro-distractions that will continuously pull you away from your purpose. And now you're living a life of pleasure instead of purpose. So I, I have to stuff my life and... What about this one? Come on. We got some church folk in the house. So when we got church folk in the house, the number one thing that they pray for is. <laughs> God, if you make him love me more than I love him. start living a life that seems to walk into satisfaction through relationships. And I know that if, if I get hurt, like if I get her, my life will be complete. If I get him, my life will be complete. If, I, if I, I'll be satisfied and I'll be fulfilled. All I'm missing is, and God is saying no, you got to walk in your purpose. Because when you walk in your purpose, all these things shall be added unto you. <laughs> it, like, I love, someone, someone told me the other day, they were like, you know, you and Lisa have an amazing relationship. I said, see us be behind closed doors. But, no, there is truth to us. You and Lisa have an amazing relationship. And you know what I love about Lisa? Like, I'm like, I look at Lisa sometimes and I'm like, you know you can't live without me. And I secretly admire this about her because I'm like, yo, you know you can't live without me. And she looks at me and she goes, my mother died in 2011. I can do anything. I said, well then, God bless you. But I love that about Lisa because she, she's communicating and she, she says it jokingly, but she really communicates like, listen, I'm fulfilled. And, and someone told me that, you know, it seems like you and Lisa, like you guys could live your own separate lives, but you just decide. Like we have a business arrangement, me and Lisa. And we do. We do have a business arrangement. We have a business. It's a kingdom business arrangement. Because... My marriage has a purpose, and it's to fulfill God's kingdom. And the luxury of that, ¿sabes qué? Comes with benefits. But anyway, that's another preaching for another day. But your satisfaction doesn't come in a relationship. The, most, the greatest thing is to see two people that are walking in their purpose and calling. Somehow God begins to align their lives together. And says, you have found a wife, you have found a good thing. But let me tell you, we fill and we stuff our box with some multi-grain relationship chips. Cheddar cheese flavor, ¿sabes qué?
I need a napkin. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. And we begin to live this kind of life. Not realizing that as we are striving for these things, it's almost like we are stuffing our life and eating our way to disaster. Because as soon as we begin to consume the thing that we are striving for, the thing that we are striving for begins to consume us. And this is why I love John chapter 10. It says, the thief's purpose, here it goes, is to steal, kill, and destroy. It's a, it's a contrast here that Jesus is setting up to preach his sermon. He, he said, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But here goes, my purpose is. He goes, this is the reason that I come to earth. My purpose is to, to give you a rich and satisfying life. That word rich in the original language is talking about the abundancy of life. He goes, this is my purpose. I'm going to give you a life so full that it overflows unto others. But, but be careful that the very thing that you are seeking for satisfaction and fulfillment is the very thing that is stealing your satisfaction and fulfillment. I, I want you to write this down in your notes. When you live a, a life, when you live a fulfilled life, you don't allow your pursuit to become your plunderer. So, so, so I, as I pursue a relationship for satisfaction, be careful that it's not the relationship that is stealing my satisfaction and fulfillment. That as I pursue riches, be careful that it's not the riches that is actually robbing me. It's the plunderer in my life. It, it's supposed to be an added value in my life, but it's the very thing that is robbing me and stealing me, stealing from me satisfaction and fulfillment. That as I seek recognition, be careful that it is not recognition that is actually the robber in your life, not the pursuit. Like, I just thought it was a pursuit. No, it's a plunderer. It's the thing that is destroying you from the inside out and seeking satisfaction from recognition, religion, riches, and relationship. Romance is like chasing the wind. Once you finally exhaust, are exhausted and weary from your pursuit, you're left empty and disappointed. And Jesus said, this is why I love the words of Jesus because he says, to the woman at the well, he says, you have tasted of this water. He goes, you see this water, you'll drink from it, but you'll thirst again. Oh, it'll, it'll momentarily quench your thirst. But you'll have to come again to it. And this is what call, is called cyclical patterns. What is it? Oh, it's, it's a, like you ever, you ever, like you ever, you ever yearn for something so bad and you gave into that yearning because you knew it was going to make you happy. You knew it was going to make you, uh, uh, it's, it was going to please you at that very moment. And the moment it was over, it was like the void increased. It was like the moment it was over, it's just like, is this, like, I love NF because he said, he says the moment he went platinum and the moment his song was topping the billboard charts, 
was the saddest day of his life because he arrived at the conclusion of that goal and said, is this it? There's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than this. Whitney Houston, before she died, she was in an interview with, with Oprah Winfrey, and she says, listen, man, I had the house, I had the car, I had the possession, I had the home, I had the kids, I had everything that, that seems like what everyone would desire and want, but when I got to the very end of that mountain, I, I felt like I wanted to jump off because I got to the tip top of the mountain that I spent my entire life trying to achieve, and when I got to the tip top, I still found out I was as empty as when I started that journey. And so when we look at Luke chapter 15, it, it talks about this young man who was, he was looking for something. He was looking for something that he already had. And in Luke 15, as our worship team comes up, and, and, and I want to end here, it says, it says, um, a few days later, like this is an awesome story because uh, a son comes to his father and he goes, Father, I want my inheritance. Now, in ancient Jewish culture, what it would mean if a son wanted an inheritance in an early age, he's essentially saying, Dad, I don't care if you're dead. You could die. I just want your money. Now, you know when a, when a, a child says, let me get my money, like you immediately know this is an ancient Jewish culture and you know that this is not a Hispanic home. Because if it was, ¿tú quieres? ¿Tú quieres qué? ¿Tú quieres tu herencia? Yo te mato si tú quieres tu herencia. And the son gets his inheritance. His father gives him his inheritance. He leaves home. Now watch this. I, I want to read this. A few days later, this young son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in the land, and there, uh, in the, while, with wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. Now watch this. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him into the, his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry. Catch this. I want you to, I want you to lean in real quick. It says, the young man became so hungry. That even the pods that he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? I want you to write this down in your notes. It says, when you spend enough time away from God's presence, we begin developing an appetite for things that were never created to feed on. Like, like... You just spend enough time away from God's presence and we'll begin to develop an appetite for the things that we were never meant to feed on. And it's not that the pods that he was feeding the pigs were appetizing. He just spent enough time with the pigs to lose his own value and be able to say, man, I spent enough, like that, that's starting to look good. Like whatever the pigs are eating and what happens is, is that you spend enough time with pigs, you start seeing your life as a pig and you'll want to feed your life based upon what the pigs are feeding on. But you're ending up, oh, so like you're looking up, what do you do? You spend enough time on Instagram. Woo! You spend enough time away from his presence. Ooh, that's what... That's what, that's all, oh my God, I'm living my best life. 
What you doing? I'm feeding my hunger. Because that's what everybody does, right? It's, oh, like, that's what everybody does. Like, we just, let me show you, let me show you how I'm living, right? Like, again, I, there's nothing wrong with sharing. There's nothing wrong with sharing with others your life on Instagram. Nothing wrong with that. But if that's what gives you satisfaction, let's be honest, like you would never admit it, but let's talk about here, like just your inner dialogue. So I look at my life and I'm just like, yeah, I'm finding satisfaction and fulfillment here. And why? Why? Because I've spent enough time away from God's presence that I look at what pigs are feeding on and I say, I want some of that too. Watch this. You would have brought this prodigal son a pod from a pig when he was at his father's house, he would have been like, what are you doing giving me that? Did you catch that? Why? Because I'm fulfilled. I'm not thirsty. I'm filled. Like, th those are pods that you feed the, the pigs in the back. But he stepped away from the presence of God, yearning for satisfaction and fulfillment somewhere else. And he looks at the pogs at what one moment he would look at and say, that is disgusting. He's saying, man, I wish I could have some of that. What are the things in our life that at one point we would have never done? What? Cra are you crazy? I would never do that. Spend enough time away from God's presence. See if you will or would not. Like, I would never eat that. I would never put myself in that position. Oh, yeah? Spend enough time away from God's presence. You'll begin to develop an appetite for the things you were never meant to feed on. But this is what I've been eating all my life. Well, then you need to. I'm coming back to your presence. You, you need to. I, I'm coming. I'm coming back to your presence. And this is what prodigal son did. He, he said, in my father's house. It was a thought. Next week, we're going to be talking about our thought life. It was a thought that brought him back to his father's house. Where is it that we're finding ourselves most often? Because where that place is will determine what it is that we are feeding ourselves with. We're, we're done. We're done. I, I want to read to you this last, this last one. It says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Now watch this. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world? Son, daughter, what do you, what do you get if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? And many of us traditionally believe that this word, lose your soul, is talking about eternal Salvation. This is in context, it's not talking about Jesus, it's not talking about eternal salvation. He's talking about the, the inner you. He's talking about your soul. He says, what, is it, what does it matter that you gain the whole world? But at the end of that journey, you lose who you are. What does it matter that as you pursue riches, you lose who you are? What does it matter that as you pursue a relationship, you lose who you are? You don't even know who you are anymore, but, but, but you got a relationship. You don't even know who you are anymore, but, but you got that extra zero on your bank account. What does it matter to gain your whole world 
gain the whole world and lose your soul. Proverbs 15 verse 14 says, a wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. Could it be that as I, as I was filling this void in my life, I didn't realize that this hole that I have in my life, this hole in my, I have in my life can only be filled with one thing. But why? Why? I, I, can, can, um, can you help me out? See, I don't, I don't know about you, but... I don't want to feed on trash anymore. I don't know about you, but I fed my, see, I, I didn't realize that what I had was, I had a God-shaped void. I had a, had a God-shaped void that only God could fulfill, that only God can fill up. And so anything, and this is why we need to get the trash out of our life. God will turn our life upside down, and he'll bring people in your life to get the trash out of your life. He'll turn it upside down. You're looking at your life and say, God, why do I feel like my life is in circles? It's because he's trying to get the trash out. He's trying to get the void out. He's trying to get the emptiness out. And he says, there is only one shape that can fill that void and you're filling that hole with riches, with pleasure, with wants. And God's saying, allow my love that was shed on the cross of Calvary to be the only thing that can fill the God-shaped void. We don't understand that what we're missing is the cross. What we're missing is his love. What we're missing is his joy. What we're missing is his peace. Come on, if you believe that in this house, I dare you to open up your mouth and give God a shout of praise because I am fulfilled. I am complete in Christ Jesus through the cross of Calvary. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.